0: Well, good morning. I want to also uh, welcome you, as Ashley did, and just say thanks for being here, being a part of our community this morning. And uh, we are... Oh, man, the lights are changing on me. We're good to go. Uh, can you guys see me? All right. I mean, there's a lot to see, so I want to make sure you can see me. All right. Uh, so... Uh... <clears throat> So we're in the midst of this series called The Way, uh, the way that Jesus wants us to live. There's a way to live this life. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that there is a specific way, a way that we can live, a way that would identify us with Jesus and we believe that this way is the best way to engage the world that we're living in. That this way is life giving and this way is life affirming and that the people that we interact with at home and at school and at work are are experiencing anxiety and depression and anger. And there are more extremes in our culture than ever before. And there are these varying levels of fear throughout our communities. And we are being challenged to live an alternative way, that we can live this different way. And so far we've talked about that prayer and Bible reading, that Scripture will inspire us and challenge us and encourage us to live this way of Jesus and what I've been mentioning on the weeks that I've been here, and I've been off for two weeks, so I have a lot to say this morning. Uh, but uh, that the world is uh, the world is a broken place, right? And I've also said that not only is the world broken, but that you and I are responsible for what has happened. And what is happening in our world, and that you and I have responsibility for what is happening in our world. That that it's uh, if you read the news, that it's, it's just filled with uh, with horror. It's filled with with uh, just just pain and and fear and. Just madness. It's just, it's just. Uh, reading the paper is just a depressing, depressing activity, right? Uh, and that you and I have a responsibility for this. That sadly, for decades, our country and culture has been fighting for justice and equality, and we never seem to get where we need to be as a, as a community, as a, as a, as a culture and that we have responsibility that this hatred runs deep and it's embedded in our culture and that we have responsibility to do something about it and also that uh, what i've also mentioned every week when i've been here that the church is the best hope for the world that it's not going to come through through any different a political movement or anything like that, but the church is what's going to bring healing to our world, that the church is the world's best and only hope. And, it, and so it is the best way for us to live in our world. Another distinction that I've asked us to make as we've been talking about this, living this way, is that following Jesus is more than memorization and it's more than intellectual assent, which I shared uh, weeks and weeks ago. That it's about having a personal experience and it's about a lifelong relationship and journey and it's about understanding and, and having an understanding and a belief That flows from within us and that causes change to our life and that change in our life causes us to change the way that we live. And so this is a living in a way, living in this way is not rules and it's not about memorizing things, it requires us to be living with and by the Holy Spirit and that's where we're going to go this morning is looking at the Holy Spirit and the place that uh, that He plays in our lives. And one of the greatest aspects of being in relationship. relationship with the Holy Spirit is there's this intimacy and security and encouragement that the Holy Spirit brings to us. And it is then that when we have that intimacy and we have that security and encouragement, it is then that we can serve God uh, as a beloved child rather than as a stressed out and guilt-ridden individual. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be living the way with the Holy Spirit. And so a few weeks ago, again, I'm still recapping. So I do but they started my time already, but I'm still recapping, all right? A few weeks ago, during our prayer series, uh, we looked at the Scripture, and it's going to be up on the screen. I wanted to uh, look at it again, because there's an interesting point in there that I left out knowing that I was going to be preaching this, and so... Are we correct? Yes, all right. Uh, and so I tell you, as this is from Luke chapter 11, so I tell you, Jesus is speaking, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door Will be open Now, Jesus is not suggesting that this is about pestering God. This is about relating to God. It's the way our children can come and talk and share with us and, and talk about the things that are going on in life and how we know what's going on. We hope that we know what's going on in our children's lives and that they, uh, that they know that we care about them. That's what Jesus is talking about here when he says that we can, we can keep on asking and we can keep on seeking and we can keep on knocking. And then he goes on further and he says this, He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? This is a rhetorical question I hope that he's asking. And then he says, or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? And he says, of course not. And then he says this, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. if you remember if you were here, I talked about Chick-fil-A and how that's Jordan's favorite. And that as a good parent, I know to give good gifts. And I give Chick-fil-A because it makes her happy. And she will ask every Sunday after church, can we go to Chick-fil-A? <laughs> no, that's closed. But she, it's just her default answer. Where do you want to go for lunch? Chick-fil-A. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly... Yeah, I'd say it. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Do you see what Jesus has promised to us? He's promised to us the Holy Spirit. This is promised to you and to me. That Jesus be- and Jesus believes this is a good gift. I would suggest the very best gift that the Holy Spirit is a person who has a personal relationship with you and me. That the Holy Spirit is God, not a lesser version of or a different version of God, but is God. It is the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, Now, it's not up on the screen, just listen. It says, Now all of us can come to the Father. Through the same Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done for us. The Holy Spirit is given to you and to me. It's given by God to each one of us. And so living this way of Jesus, we need this Holy Spirit to lead and direct our lives. So let's go on a little bit now to some other things about the Holy Spirit. And here's what's interesting. When we talk about this, I titled this series Ghost, or this message Ghost Stories. Uh, be, not that anybody ever looks at the bulletin, but it's actually in there, all right? <laughs> all right? And, uh, and what's interesting about the Holy Spirit is it's one of those pieces that we, it's, it's like we, we're fine talking about God and we're good with Jesus stories, right? Oh yeah, we like those. But when we get that Holy Spirit, sometimes we get a little like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say about that, right? Where's that fit? I don't want to become one of those charismatic people, right? That's what someone might think. And so it's almost like ghost stories. It's, it's there. It's real. But is it, right? So Paul said this. It's in Romans chapter 8. It's up on the screen. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, I'm reading from the message version for this passage too. God's spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. Get this, Paul says, He, the Holy Spirit, does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. Have you ever thought I'm just not good at praying? That's okay. The Holy Spirit's really good at it. I don't know what to pray. That's okay. The Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf. And then Paul goes on and says this. He knows us better, far better, than we know ourselves. Knows our pregnant condition, this waiting that we have. And keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. So this Holy Spirit is this omnipresent, all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing, and is living inside of you and me. Feels a little overwhelming, doesn't it? God living inside of me, almost are, are directing me and caring for me and right beside me, almost too good to be true. Jesus tells us that God gives us this Holy Spirit, that this Holy Spirit is this conduit between God and humanity, and that the God of the universe lives inside you and me. Now, let me pause there just for a second. I want to give you this illustration. I think this kind of works for us. I want to, remember we talked a while ago about the Old Testament and the New Testament, how this is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? Well, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, all right, God's, God was present with the Israelite nation when they traveled, and God was present in the tabernacle. And God's presence dwelt inside the tabernacle, and the Israelites knew that the that, that God was present by a column of fire that was present during the day, or, 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 or a cloud of, of smoke during the day, or a cloud or, or a pillar of fire at night. So whenever God was present, there was fire or a cloud. There was it was an outward visible sign of God's presence inside this tabernacle, okay? Now in the New Testament, beginning in the New Testament, things kind of changed. The Spirit of God now lives inside of you and me. And how do you think that's presented? How we live every day is a signal to the world that God's present. So when I'm in line at ShopRite, and I break my table, are you kidding me? Who put this together? So when your table breaks, how do you respond when your table breaks? Do you get mad? God is present and living inside of you and I. Those of us that call ourselves Christ followers have this spirit living inside of us. It's there. And it's indicated by how we choose to live our lives. So here's the theme for today's message. We don't need to increase the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to become in tune to the Holy Spirit already living inside of us. We sang the, this morning, just a few minutes ago. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us become more aware of your presence. We don't need more of the Holy Spirit. We need to be aware the Holy Spirit is there. We need to ask ourselves some questions. We need to ask ourselves, does God really, uh, does God really give the Spirit to those who ask, or was Jesus lying when he said that? Those are the options. Does God really do it? Or was Jesus lying when he said that? Do we believe? See, I think there's two reasons that we miss the presence of the Holy Spirit. The first one I'm calling volume. It's our volume. See, we've lost the art of listening and focusing. See, there was a time... I remember a time when, if you wanted to communicate with somebody, you went to a phone on a wall and you dialed with a number that it actually turned right Do you remember that How many do some people remember those phones right right and if you wanted to send mail, uh you wrote it on paper and you mailed it to them and Then I remember when. When computers were available, I remember the first computer I got out of my office, I was like, this is so cool. I can send email, and they get it the same day. And remember, you had the dial-up, right? The, the, and, and you had to unplug your phone line until you plug it into your computer, until we all got tired of that, and then we got an extra phone line. And then you would dial in, and you'd hear, you've got mail. And we thought, what? an incredible convenience and now i realize two decades later what an invasion because now we're so attached to it we all have phones in our pockets where this is instant need perceived need we look for wi-fi signals at least my kids do to save on data we're constantly bombarded by this stuff. We refuse to unplug. The volume level in our lives is outstanding. It takes time of quiet to recover our heart and our mind. I drive, uh, or one of the cars we have is a, a Honda Pilot, and uh, it's it's a big people mover kind of car, and we have that because. We've got lots of people in our family that we move around, and uh, the Honda Pilot has one of those. Uh, it, it, I actually found out it's an issue. The radio in the Honda Pilots are are they kind of fail. I don't know if my mind has anyway. And I googled it, and sure enough, they it, it's 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 something that is searched there. And uh, here's the deal on the Honda radio: is that the buttons don't work. It when the weather changes, the buttons don't work. And then it'll start working again. And so we'll have six stations on the radio, and they're set up for, you know, I listen to 92.5. I confess, I listen to country music once in a while. And uh, every once in a while, someone else puts something else on, like, I don't know, 104.9. What is that? Anybody know what that one is? All right, here's the deal. All right, but here's what I to tell you about my radio, is this is what happens, okay? We can't change the channel. And so you know what I think? It's broken. And so I just... Listen to whatever's on there. And Kelly, my wife, the other day said, You know, you can just turn the dial. (laughs) And I'm like, That is so hard. Like, are you, that means I have to remember the number and I've got to turn the dial. I'm like, Is it 92.5? Four? What is it? My Honda radio has to be adjusted to the right frequency. Because sometimes I'm listening to the wrong thing and I don't want to listen to it. And so there's so much volume in our lives. I think we just miss out. The Holy Spirit's always broadcasting. We just may be on the wrong station. I would say quite damning. The second reason we fail to hear and fail to need the Holy Spirit is that we... We can do a lot without God's presence. We're talented people with gifts that can be used effectively. And we may not be feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit because we don't need the Holy Spirit. We get along quite well without the Holy Spirit. God's calling you and I to live in a way that depends on God's Spirit, a way that cannot be mimicked or forged without God's Holy Spirit living in our lives. So maybe we need to put ourselves in a position where we need to depend on God. God that we need to need God. So the takeaways are this. We need to create space and we need to be in a position where we need the Holy Spirit to show up. Create space in our life and be in a position where we need the Holy Spirit to show up. And the best example I came up with all week for that is launching a campus in Mount Laurel. I mean, who decides to start a campus in Mount Laurel when things are going well in Voorhees? Who decides to leave a perfectly good permanent location where the platform is built every Sunday (laughs) and go to a place where we show up early and build a platform and put up pipe and drape and plug in lights and have tables that collapse on us? Who decides to spend time and money and talent and energy and relational capital to see the success of a portable campus? If you're visiting here for the first time, you took a risk. You are here. It's a great opportunity to listen and need the Holy Spirit to show up because you took a risk being here. See, we live in these two worlds. The first world is the world of counting heads. There's someone who every Sunday in the back counts to see how many people are here. Uh, There's somebody else who watches budgets. Uh, There's somebody else who handles logistics of all the things that get set up. There's somebody else who does the marketing and does the administration, all those things. All necessary stuff, I have to tell you personally, it sucks the life out of me. I hate those meetings. All right. I walk into them, they drag me in there, all right? and I can't wait to be done. I'm running out the door because I hate those meetings. It could seem like building a campus is a foolish idea. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. It, uh, uh, we could be focused on, we could just invest all of this energy in our other location. And there are some people who would think that. That seems like the obvious thing. But you see, we live in two worlds, I said. The other world is this world of faith. The world of faith is the world that says, I need some space so I can hear God. And I need to be in a spot where I need God. See, a world of faith says this. It says, you know, we did a trunk or tree event and 3,500 people showed up at that event. And I couldn't get the story that Jesus tells of a farm, And he just threw it out and waited to see who showed up. Ashley mentioned the world of faith says that 80 families signed up in Mount Laurel for a gingerbread housemaking event at Chick-fil-A. It sold out in two days. Chick-fil-A begged us to do a third night. They wanted us to do a fourth night, and Chris finally said, that's it, I'm done. We really need you to sign up for a week. And it's meethope.org forward slash volunteer. Sign up for one of those nights to be there and meet those family members. We live in this world of faith. Starting today, we're collecting coats, mittens, hats, and gloves. Uh, Let me tell you how that happened. Uh, I, I have an office in Voorhees at, the, at our other location. That's where I spend most of my time. But uh, I also, when I need to be creative and I also get tired of being around church people, I go to other places outside the building. We have a large staff and they kind of, it, it gets really distracting in our building. So I look for other places to, to do work. And so uh, I will uh, go to different coffee shops and if people find me, I start finding other coffee shops and things like that. And uh, so on, on one day I was, Uh, driving in Mount Laurel and I was going to a coffee shop Uh, I don't remember where I was going to be honest with you uh, but it was a it was a last minute decision. I had dropped Kelly off at school, which normally means that I go to the Voorhees campus, but I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to campus. I'm driving somewhere else. So I started driving and finding a coffee shop, and as I was driving, uh, I was just thought, I don't usually drive by this building because I'm only here on Sundays, but I decided to, as I was wandering by, to drive by the community center, and as I drove by the community center, I got stopped at the red light, and you know me and red lights that day annoy me because they're slowing me down, but I was obedient and polite and stopped because it's the law, and I Stopped at the red light, and there, across from the red light, is this little uh, digital sign that's right there out in the front of the corner, and it said uh, FOP Closing Drive. And I went, oh, we should do that, and so I quick pulled out my phone, took a picture. Don't tell anybody that I did it while I was driving. I for- would say that that's a Holy Spirit prompting. I don't know what's going to come of that. But we're going to collect some coats. I know that I can go in my closet and find five coats. And uh, we're going to collect coats for one Sunday. So bring them next week. We're going to have a table over there. We'll just pile them on the table. Hats, coats, and gloves. And we'll take them over. And maybe let's overwhelm them with hats, coats, and gloves. See, we live in this world of faith where people are showing up. I'm praying people will continue to show up, that people are getting connected, and that we're making an impact on our world. And in the process, we're learning to trust the Holy Spirit. We're learning to move forward in faith, always asking what's the next step, making the church a better, bigger, and brighter place. Trusting in the Spirit of God, a Spirit that lives inside of us, and trusting God will show up. And so if you're part of this campus, if you're part of a setup team, a lobby team, a tech team, a kids ministry team, if you're part of a worship team or a small group, you are in a good place to hear and need the Holy Spirit. You need to be in a good place to hear and need the Holy Spirit. And as far as I can understand, that place always involves a level of risk. It always involves a level of risk. The other night, I was at, uh, uh, I do a small group called Holy Smokes, and uh, I was there, and I was over uh, someone else's house who was hosting the event, and while we were there, someone said, "Uh, I have a friend who called me the other night because they had just won a million dollars. Well, that turned into the conversation around the fire. What does it look like to all of a sudden win a million dollars? And so this person was in Atlantic City and uh, uh, was, was uh, spending time at a slot machine and won a million dollars. And so then we found out that, that the way that works, the way the story goes is that you actually pay your taxes right then, uh, which I didn't know. And so we were figuring out that you go home with about half a million if you win a million dollars. And then the conversation was, what do you do with half a million dollars when you didn't have it the night before? And you know that was interesting to have that conversation. But here's what I decided as I was driving home. That is as close as I'll ever come to a million dollars, <laughs> having a friend of a friend. That's as close as I'll ever come because I am not that kind of risk taker. I don't risk my money on lottery tickets. I don't risk my money on, on, on gambling or anything like that. It's, I, I, that's just me. I just don't want to do that. I don't, I don't have that kind of level of risk. That would be too tense for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be in that kind of place. So I'll never win the lottery because I don't take the risk. I'll never win a million dollars in Atlantic City because I won't take the risk. So here's the lesson. Following the Holy Spirit, seeing the Holy Spirit, feeling the Holy Spirit, and needing the Holy Spirit requires a risky lifestyle. Not power jump, or parachuting or cliff diving. But I would suggest it's easier to see and hear the Holy Spirit in our lives when we're willing to take a risk. And it's a calculated risk, my friend. Because putting ourselves in a position to need God to show up when God promises he's going to show up is a calculated risk. It's doing something expecting that God needs to be there. See, but not everyone likes risks. But as far as I can tell, throughout the Bible, it's filled with people willing to take risks. There was a guy named Elijah. Elijah once prayed that there would be no more rain, and it didn't rain for three years. And then he prayed again for it to rain, and it did rain. Now, that's important, because I'm going to tell you another story about Elijah, and then we're going to get back to that. But uh, Elijah also uh, noticed that the culture was, uh, the Israelites were vying over which god was real was it god yahweh or was it this idol baal and so elijah i believe stirred by the holy spirit said you know what let's just settle this let's have a contest and so they had a contest and so he said all you baal priests get together and you guys build an altar to baal and i'll build an altar to yahweh all right and then he stacked you have to read the story because i'm not going to tell you the story he stacked all the odds in baal's favor And then he said, okay, Baal, go ahead. You guys pray and uh, let, let, let Baal come down and consume the altar. And it didn't happen. And then Elijah offered a simple prayer. And the offering offered to God was consumed in fire. Here's my question. When Elijah knelt in prayer, do you think he was taking a risk? What do you think Moses was doing when he took the staff to the edge of the Red Sea and there were cliffs on either side and an Egyptian army charging down on him and all of his people and he put the staff in the water? Do you think he was taking a risk? What do you think little 10-year-old David was feeling when he, no one wants to fight the giant and he says, I'll go fight the giant. And he goes down to a stream and he finds five stones and he puts them into his pouch and he goes up and stands before the giant and is going to fight the giant. Don't you think he was taking a risk? The church in the book of Acts is filled with risk-taking stories. Peter and John are told to stop talking about Jesus, and they said, we can't stop. Don't you think that was a risk? And then in James chapter 5, it says this. Elijah was as human as we are. And I would suggest that if James were here today, he would say, and so is Moses and David and Peter and John. That it's the spirit that makes the difference. It's a spirit that takes up residence inside our hearts and lives and is best seen when we need God the most. And so Francis Chan had this to say in a book he wrote called Forgotten God. It's up on the screen. I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I want people to look at my life and know that I couldn't be doing this by my own power. I want to live in such a way that I am desperate for Him to come through, and that if He doesn't come through, I am screwed. I believe the Holy Spirit is calling you and me and all of us to depend on God for living a way that cannot be imitated or forged, that it is a way that is identified with Jesus, a way that is transformational, that is attractive, and it is inspiring to people that we see every day, that there is a different way for us to live at work and at home and at school, that there's a different way for us to live at the gas station or at the grocery store, and that life is a life that is generous and kind and loving and marked by service. A life that is so different from the world around us. A world that is filled with brokenness and fear and hate. And that when we live this different way, we will draw people towards us. That people will be drawn to be part of a community like this. That they'll be drawn to you to hear, hear what is different about your life. And that we can explain that it is not me. It is not you, it is this Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, right beside me. In the worst of circumstances and in the best, I know that there is a God present so close that he's right inside of me and that it is not possible for us to live this way live this way without the holy spirit present in our lives that it is a very calculated risk to be in a place where we hear and need the spirit of god and so i want to let's stand together i'm closing prayer i want us to pray together i want to pr- i'm going to pray for you in your circumstances this week beginning on monday and throughout the week that you would need the Holy Spirit to show up and that you would need to be in a position for God to be involved in your life. Let's pray together. And so God, I thank you for the men and women in this room. I thank you, God, for this place that we call hope. And I pray, God, that as we continue to grow and become the community of faith that you want us to be, that, God, we would continually and consistently step out in faith knowing that we need you to show up god help us to uh to be focused in on your broadcast and and to dial in to where it is that you're calling so that we can hear you and know that you're present in our lives and god i pray for the men and women here in this space i pray god that on monday at work, and at school, and at home, in the grocery store line, in the gas station line, at the post office, wherever it is that we may be, God, that we would be clear witness of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. As God, help us to live these lives of faith, to live in such a way that the world will know that we follow you and that we can make a difference in our world. A broken and flawed place in need of your love, in need of men and women who would love God and love people. In the name of Jesus, the one who loves us like no other, in the name of the Holy Spirit, we pray all these things. Amen.